What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Except today, we are doing a reverse interview where we have somebody who I actually interviewed previously, you know, 100 episodes ago, 200 episodes ago, coming on and interviewing me about the last several months for me and kind of what I'm working on. So with that, I'm really excited to introduce Joseph Nelson, who is going to be the interviewer um, for today's episode. So Joseph, what's going on? Thanks for thanks for being the interviewer today. How's it going? <laughs> thanks so much for having me, Matt. I'm excited that I have the privilege to be able to ask you about what it is that you're building, especially at such a pivotal moment in your career. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I feel like this will be a conversation where we go into all different sorts of things, but at the same time, this is almost like a forcing. Fun. I feel like as I talk out out loud about what what's like going on with what I'm working on, almost like probably make some subconscious decisions literally on this call, which will be interesting to like capture that on on record. Um, so I'm excited to kind of dive in. Um, so yeah, I guess right now, I'll give you the floor. Feel free to take it and um, kind of and make it yours and ask any questions that you have um, prepared. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's start with so. Joseph Nelson, CEO, co-founder of RoboFlow, run a computer vision company that makes developer tools. Why am I the person that has the privilege of being able to interview you for this episode? Yeah, sure. So I think that um, startups are a huge game of like serendipity, right? Like you you meet someone, you, you see them again there, you go to a coffee shop, they're at an event, and like, it's just like, you know, it's just, just serendipitous. And for you... It is, you know, serendipitous that you um, joined Pioneer like however long ago and I joined Pioneer and I saw RoboFlow. It's, it's like interesting that like I interviewed you on my podcast and had a fantastic conversation. And since then, we kind of like kept in touch, right? We've, we've had a relationship. You've supported me with my creator stuff. Um, and like, you've been like, a, like a, in some capacity a mentor for me as I figure out what I want to do. And then you, all, you take all of that, like the function of that, and then you get to a point where I'm at a really pivotal part in my career, figuring out what I want to do. And you're like, oh, Matt, like, this will be an interesting, do, do you want to, can, can I interview you? And I'm like, hell yeah, mainly one, because we have a great relationship. And two, because the timing is fantastic. And I think just like with anything, those are the two things that you need to like, you know, do anything interesting or like serendipitous. So I think the reason I picked you is like the relationship is already there. The timing was right. You're also like a wicked smart person. So I know you're going to ask some awesome questions. I would say those are the reasons that I picked you. Also, you're a startup founder and you like know a ton of stuff that I don't know. So it's like, it'll just be like a good conversation. (laughs) Thanks, man. Yeah, it's a privilege. So thanks so much for letting me have the opportunity. Let's dive in. So you uh, recently launched in a full-time capacity, 
a new venture, Cloud City. Uh, and the mission of Cloud City is to recreate the serendipity, community, mentorship, access of Silicon Valley. Um, I'm curious, you know, what is the reason you of all people are the right person to be building the serendipity online that should be created in Cloud City? Sure. So like, I think it starts with the fact that um, I've kind of been living in, um, I guess the, the, some of the name stuff I'm iterating on, but I started a podcast um, about two years ago called Forward Thinking Founders. You're all listening to it right now. You are a guest on it. And I started it as a way to um, break into tech specifically. Um, so the, the real reason is I wanted a way to show Y Combinator that I could like get the network without like being let in. Cause at this point I was rejected six times and I'm like, this is lame. I want to let myself in through the front door. So what I did is I, I, I cold emailed a bunch of YC alum. A lot of them came on the podcast and it kind of, you know, kind of, I don't know, blew up, I guess, over the last year or so. I've had 350, you know, episodes where I've interviewed all sorts of founders. But what's interesting is these aren't founders that are that are big, right? These are a lot of founders that are actually like very small when I interview them and they appreciate and value, right? Their company grows and they get more influential. So this has actually given me a pretty gnarly, like, I would on, like honestly like a pretty fantastic network because I find people when they're before they're too busy for me. I'm like, yo, let me interview. They say yes, then they become successful. Then they're like, then it, there's fond memories of, of, of the podcast to me. So like, there's that element um, where just know like I did that all from Phoenix, Arizona. I built up all this goodwill with founders that a lot of you have heard of who are listening um, before you've heard of them, right? And, and, and because I got in there almost early, I had this goodwill with the ecosystem. At the same time, I still have had a hard, a very challenging time to break into San Francisco on an institutional level. VCs feel like have a certain mindset. Institutions have a certain mindset. Someone like me, who's an Arizona State communications grad with like a 3.7 GPA, you know, whatever, like does not, does not like, does like quote unquote deserve to be in some of these circles, but I've kind of networked in from the bottom and I'm kind of like, I'm in right. Like, like, all, like however much these VCs don't want me there. Like I'm in. So I guess the reason I started forward thinking city is because I, I figured it out for myself. I've, I've broken in. I'm, talk, I mean, I'm friends with all these talented people. I'm a talented person. If, and if I can do it, why can't I do that for other people? Why can't I, why can't I find other smart people that live in, Maine, Iowa, you know, Chad, Russia, like anywhere in the world um, and bring them to a, a virtual city to experience the serendipity of San Francisco. And like the reason it's me is because like I've never lived in San Francisco. I, I, I've absorbed how it works from the internet. I, I'm, a I'm a child of the internet. I grew up on the internet and I, I, I feel like I am a citizen of the internet. And because of that, um, I don't have a former, I don't have like a city to go off of, right? I don't have like, oh, San Francisco was like this. Let me try to replicate this online. No, I'm trying to 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 replicate the serendipity. And I think that um, you can't live in San Francisco for a decade and then be like, oh, like we're all in the cloud now. I'm going to move it to the cloud. You need to like come from somewhere else. And that's me. Like, you know, so that is, I think, why 
I started forward thinking city. And that's why I think I'm probably, I'm literally like probably one of the most qualified people in the world to do it. Cause I'm an outsider that broke in without moving there. I did it in the cloud and now I'm going to stay in the cloud and enable, you know, a city in the cloud for everyone else to break in. So that's um, kind of a long answer, but that, that that's kind of how I justify me being the one to do it. That's awesome. I mean, it's clear the founder market fit element of your career trajectory, your recreation of that serendipity, and now you're trying to pass that forward and empower others. So you recently passed 100 members. Um, Well, first and foremost, what does it mean to be a member? Um, And how did you so quickly cross 100? Like, when did you first allow members? What was the exact day you hit 100? How has it grown so quickly? Sure. So I, I really try to use verbiage that makes us sound like a city. So like originally, like revenue was taxes. Originally, like there was, you know, you had like, like apartments or dorms or whatever. And I call like there's members, uh, I call them residents, um, because they're like residents of the city. And um, being a resident of the city, pretty much means you get access to everything that um, everything that that city offers. So I'll explain explain what you get, right? So one, you get access to the city, and and don't get me wrong, like the city is not this like Slack thing. It's not Facebook groups. It's a literal like like Pokemon Game Boy environment city where you go. You have a virtual character. You move around, and when you see someone else, you can chat with them. You can play games. You can play poker. You can you can you can you know explore. You can go to the beach. It's a literally a city. I, I like forwardthinking.city. You'll see what I mean. So you get access to the space that other people engage in. With that, I need, you to, move. Add, I need to move. Yeah, you gotta move. You gotta move. Well, you actually, you, 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 um, you know, because you, angel, for people that don't know, I this before I did any of my creator stuff, any Substack, any anything, I was like, I need to figure out how to make money online for myself. So Joseph was someone who I, I asked, hey, like I'm doing this thing. It's angel invest in me, get access to anything I do in the future, and he did it, and he literally invested in me. So because of that. Joseph gets rent-free access to the city because he bet on me, you know, before anyone really knew who I was, which I thoroughly appreciate. So you can move rent-free, Joseph. <laughs> um, if the rents follow anything like San Francisco, that'll be the best investment I've ever made. <laughs> yep. Um, so so you, there's that. You just get access to the space. Um, but you also get access to the event calendar. So we do AMAs with different founders and investors. For example, we have an AMA with, with, with Elizabeth Ginn coming up. We've done AMAs with Seth Levine of Foundry Group and um, Austin Allred of Lambda School and Kristen Anderson of Catch. These are like high, call, high caliber founders. Like these are founders who are going to build really, 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 really big companies. Um, but they, you get to spend your time with them in the city. And, and the reason I'm able to do this is because I kind of built up that goodwill, as I mentioned earlier. So you get that. You get a five times a week newsletter, pretty much our, our newspaper, which is like what's going on in tech. So you can live anywhere in the world and know what's going on in the heart of tech. Um, and additionally, you get access, obviously, to all the residents. In the future, I'll be um, kind of figuring out deals for startups. You get pretty much any resource that, that I build in the future for the city, you get access to. And I think most important, well, least importantly, and most importantly at the same time, uh, you lock in your price. This is going to go way up in price. Like like for people listening, if like you know you haven't done it yet, like it was seven bucks. Now it's fifteen bucks a month, and it will be more in the future because like I want to you know do a city. So that's ultimately what you get um, when you sign up for Forward Thinking City. We did, we, right now we're at about 110 residents. 
Um, this is a combination of people paying seven, uh, you know, the first, I don't know, 60 are paying seven bucks a month. The last 40 are paying 15 bucks a month. The you know, we're right now combined with the sub stack, we're past a thousand dollars in MRR. I launched the city about a month and a half ago, um, with, with, you know, with pretty much nothing. And it, so it, it's taken a month and a half to get over a hundred residents. Um, and the reason it grows fast is like, I'm just like, I don't know if I'm good or everyone, or people that I surround myself with, at least on Twitter, or the people that are allowed, like just don't understand how like to grow things in the beginning, but I've always like been able to grow things quickly. Not, not like, like a, not like scale. I haven't figured that out yet, but my previous company, Publoth, I grew from zero to $24,000 in MRR in seven months. No, no, rev, uh, no, uh, no ads, no investment. Like, for this, no ads, no anything, just like me hustling my face off. And I think this comes from like me just being, you know, I work hard. Like I'm a hard worker. I also, you combine hard work with knowing how the game works and having energy and things like that. And you'll, you know, you'll go places. Additionally, definitely doesn't hurt that I had a great Twitter uh, presence. Uh, but when I started this, also a great podcast. Um, and I would say 80% of people that have joined have been from Twitter. Um, so I guess Twitter is the main customer acquisition channel. And the last thing I'll mention is you know, it's just like something that people want. Like you got people that live somewhere else. They want access to San Francisco. They can't really get it. And I'm saying like, yo, like you got to pay money because I got to support myself and eat food tonight. But if you, if you pay the 15 bucks a month, I will literally give you that. Like I will give you access to what you could do if you move to San Francisco. And I think it just aligns with people. And you know, there'll be a point where I charge 500 a month for maybe not 500 a month, but there'll be a point where like, it's, it's actually like really expensive because it is an alternative to actually moving to San Francisco. Like you would join the city instead of moving. And I think that's a pretty powerful thing if you're able to accomplish it. It's an incredibly good North star that you've identified of the value proposition you're providing is you don't have to uproot your life to get access to a lot of the serendipitous resources you've described. Even hearing you answer that question of uh, what is available to a member answers the question of why it's grown so fast because you were hustling and describing the price is going to go up. Get in now, everyone. Like it's just the, the growth nature is uh, intrinsic to your way of thought. And so I think it's uh, great to see it applied in such a, um, a creative way. Um, and that's, that's awesome. I mean, and the things that you list of a newspaper, right? You're writing a new, you're writing a sub stack every day for the residents. You're adding new ways for people to engage. You're gaining access to those that have broken in. Uh, Elizabeth Yin from Hustle Fun, Austin Allred, Kristen from Catch, et cetera. Um, it's really, really an impressive rate of progress, which as you know better than anyone is a predictive indicator of uh, future success. So congrats and <laughs> I hope it continues. So the uh, mission is, I think is, is, is clear. The monetization, I mean, is the game plan to basically continue to increase rent uh, and basically achieve some number of, of scale through consumers or what other monetization paths are you thinking about? I mean, a lot of the individuals that you're identifying probably could be good investments. They could be folks that would um, be useful for any sort of startup plans. Um, that's why you're going to be able to get credits. Like, how are you thinking about monetization both today in terms of the resident rent fee, but how this becomes a billion dollar company? Is it all through the, you find hundreds of thousands 
of you know low rent so to speak users or is it something else what takes you to being a unicorn yeah well this is like where i it, it's to, it's to be seen if the, if this will become a unicorn because like my I don't know how it gets to a hundred million dollars in ARR. Um, I think that that where it's so early right now that um, my goal is to you know charge. If you want to get in, you charge. Then make sure you have a great freaking experience, um, and it, make sure you come back to the city every day. Like right now, what what I'm spending my time thinking about is not how do I go from a thousand MRR to, 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 um, you know, let's say a million AR, so like 85,000 MRR. It's how can I guess keep growing, but how can I get people that have paid to be as engaged as possible? Cause I think only once you get people as engaged as possible, are you able to unlock pretty much any monetization string you, you, you can, you can imagine. Um, so let's assume that like, cause I, I mean, let's be honest, like not all 110 people are in, like if I went to the city right now, there's not going to be 50 people on there hanging out, you know, like smoking cigars at around a campfire, right? Like there probably won't be that many because it's still so early. So I think right now I'm focused on let's get people super engaged, make them need the city, um, you know, almost like I get get not like addicted to the city, but like 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 they go to the city like for for work and for play, right? Like it's like it's a very fun social thing. Um, and then once I figure that out, then it's like, there's so many different options. A few of the ways that I'm thinking are straight up just like ta- like taxes, right? Like, you know, great, 15 bucks a month, join, you get all this. You know, there's that revenue stream. There's kind of the partner affiliate marketing stream where if I got 10,000 founders in, in one spot, there's a lot of sponsorship ad opportunities. Additionally, I can absolutely, we'll probably talk about this later, but I'm very interested in, in investing in capital. This is potential investing opportunities um, and like, you know, management fees and carry. Um, some other ways this could potentially make money is conferences, uh, what, like one-time charges, like, like residents get in for free, but the public can get in for 20 bucks. They get, you know, a huge conference. It's pretty much like, this can pretty much make it like a hundred million dollars in like a hundred different ways, which is why I'm not really, I'm not, I don't like care about, about the hundred different ways because until I get the residents like loving this, it is like it, like YC has this thing where it's like like um, uh, don't build. I'm gonna screw it up, but it's something like don't scale something that a lot of people like. Scale something that a few people love, and I will say a few people love it for sure. But sure, not everybody. Um, and I um, am luckily in a position. Um, recently, we can talk about this. Maybe I like I got like a little financial help recently. Where like finances are not as stressful. Um, so actually, I can focus on instead of growth. I can focus on on this quality. So to answer your question in short, I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about making the city really like better than San Francisco. Once it's better than San Francisco, great. There's a tr- a trillion ways to make it make a hundred million dollars, and I'm sure I will I will get there. So there's two threads to follow up on there. I want to do them differently. The first is the product and how to make sure that it's something people love. The second is you just teased some level of outside investment or something that you kind of dangled in front of us. Put that one on pause for a second. Let's talk about the product. So um, you've built the, the products in a, in a no code way. Um, now, something that we were joking a little bit about is a lot of the no code movement likes to talk about the fact that it, that it is no code. And I think the people that are like making stuff are like, uh, there's a difference between something that's like, here's how I made it. Uh, and those that are focusing on the value that's being delivered. And to be clear, this isn't unique to no code, right? Like as a founder building a developer tool, 
you can see other founders that are like leading with like buzzword AI, buzzword ML versus those that are like, we actually make it really easy for blank to happen. And it's like, um, if you're marketing on the buzzword versus you're marketing on the value proposition. And I think that you're in the latter category, you're marketing the value proposition of a no code. No code is the means by which you're achieving the value. And I think that's exciting to see. But what is that value? So if you segmented your users and you said, you know, um, you did the famous superhuman number of people that are super disappointed if, if Forward Thinking City ceased to exist tomorrow, what is it that they are loving? And what about the product keeps them coming back? It's like, I'll flip the question and be like, if someone, like, there's a lot of people I see on Twitter that now that a bunch of people are leaving San Francisco, this is now actually an optimal time to move to San Francisco if you, if you have the means. And I actually want to agree with this. If you have the means and you're like able, in the, like right now, like if you can move to SF, it's probably like a good time to move. And, wh- and why are they moving? Do they have an exact plan of, oh, I'm going to move. I'm going to work at this space. I'm going to hang out with these people, et cetera. You know, am I going to, you know, I'm going to pitch these VCs. I want to hang out at this cafe because this person hands out there. No, they move because they want to increase their luck surface area. They know that it all goes down in SF and they want to be where it goes down. And I think the reason people join Forward Thinking City is they want to be where it goes down without needing to geographically move. If they know that, like, for example, we had, you know, Justin Mitchell, who's the founder of Yak. Um, we were doing a podcast with them two couple of days ago. And after the podcast, um, the, the, the people that were there were able to ask him questions. You got to, these got, they got to interface with like an awesome CEO, right? Like now they have relationships. They can follow up with them, you know, things like that. I think that times a thousand is why people join. I have not successfully recreated San Francisco yet, but if I can create t- 15 hundred of those experiences a day in the city people will join because they want the promise of what the city could get them and they will stay because they get it and it's not a single value prop it's it's the magic of being there it's the serendipity that occurs when you log online or the serendipity occurs when you leave your apartment window or sorry your apartment door in san francisco so it's kind of like i'm kind of dodging your question on purpose because like there isn't a single thing there isn't one value prop that everyone's coming for the 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 reason people are coming is like they know something's up they know that talented people are in and they want to see what's going on and maximize the relaxed surface area and as long as they feel like being in the city is maximizing the relaxed surface area they will stay um, and they will pay taxes because they will be getting value. Um, and then, of course, the people that sign up, don't engage, don't leave their quote-unquote apartment, will be like, this sucks, we're going to leave. And that's my fault for not engaging them soon enough. Um, so it's just getting them out and getting them you know, engaged, just like San Francisco wants for their city. So as a leading indicator of someone sticking around, their time to make it a connection with someone else in the city, that, ha- that has to be, like it, again, it's so like, early where it, a lot of these are just sure, as, like sure. assumptions, but it has to be. Like, as soon, if I'm able, if someone's able to join, I think that the magic moment, if, if it, let's say someone joins, I'm giving them a tour, and someone else is in there, and there's something in common, I can introduce them, then they're chatting, and I can walk away. And like maybe they're chatting for another like 15 minutes, and I can tell that has to be good. Um, that's just to start because again like the, the goal and it's hard if you're listening which is all of you um you, you it's hard to like understand visually how this works but i'm literally talking about a, like a, it's a game like it's like all of avatars and you're literally physically in the city my goal is to get 100 people in there at all times all all around the clock that'll take a lot of work but it all happens on these one by one magic moments it's great that 
you're in the early beginnings of a network effect and bootstrapping the network through the AMAs, through the, the grit and hard work of getting people in to get to some critical mass where people can, can hang out. I recently did remote YC, the first fully remote batch. And I can tell you that it would have behooved YC to have something more similar to what you're describing at times where there's dedicated social spaces in a, in a digital way. Um, now, to be fair, there's like certainly like a, a, a U shape of folks that were like heavily networked or zero networked in terms of like what they uh, ended up accomplishing, I think. But in general, there is a huge, huge missing element of being able to, to meet and network and, and learn from others. And I think that a lot of what you're building, um, some of the best accelerators in the world can, can learn from, uh, from the engagement side. Um, okay, so I think I have a clear picture of the product. I have no doubt in my mind how you've grown it knowing you. I understand why you're the right person to build it. I have a sense of your path to 100 million ARR. You teased investment a moment ago. Um, and <laughs> you can't just tease investment. So, so I, I, I will you have say, an investor? No, so I, I have one person who I can't, I won't mention the name of, but someone that like pretty much everyone's heard of that is, has um, done a, that is giving me a small, um, like uh, in DVC style deal. Cause like, I, I haven't decided if like, I want to raise capital now in the future, if ever, like this might be a forever bootstrap thing, probably not, but it could. Um, and, but I kind of needed some financial assistance um, soon or like the revenue wasn't enough to sustain me. So I had someone which you'll all probably know, and I can probably tell you off the record um, uh, I uh, I that uh, has helped me um, financially uh, a little bit to de-risk things for me to let me see this through. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I, I don't need to like go into debt anymore, take any personal risk. My last company was, was bootstrapped on my credit card, literally. Um, so I decided that I'm not taking, like I, I was tell I, I put this out on Twitter and people were like, Oh, like put on your credit card. I'm like, Nope, like did it once, like not doing it again. So I'm feeling good about, this is like a pretty good founder decision. Like there's like good decisions and bad decisions. And like, I, I play, I did this right because I am able to see the company through. This is all on the business side and I'm keeping my personal assets out of it for like the first time, which is great. I need to be a little bit of a, the information debater on you. So is this person on your cap table? Yes or no? No. And did, so but if, if we raise, but, but, um, if we have a, a fundraise over a certain amount, they will be on our cap table. Yes. Okay. So it's convertible of sorts. Is that what it, okay, yeah. Like, is it, I guess, it's like pretty much similar the in earnest capital. And I guess it's a convertible note, except it's truly like very much. So the loan side of that, like I'm literally paying it back monthly unless I decide to actually raise capital and then it converts to equity. If you pay it all the way back, does it still convert? No. Hmm. Um. Oh yeah, of course you know who it is. Duh. <laughs> I, I just, I just, uh, yeah, well, I, um, yeah, well, so I'm excited about it. I actually, I had the call yeah. and I don't want the name. I don't want to uh, mention yeah, it, yeah, here, yeah. but, um, I won't, I won't yeah, it's a good, me. it's a good, like I, I had the last call with the, the person kind of putting it together today and it's like a pretty good situation for me. I, 
great. I like the ter- it's early, so that like the, the the payback is like slightly a lot, but it's honestly great. Like, who else is gonna in like like give me money at such an early stage company? I kind of need it, and this person's name, you know, everyone's heard of him, so it's like, yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's very good. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I'm elated to hear that you have the space to focus on the fit and your residence and not on your own rent. <laughs> Instead, you can focus on your residence rent. Okay, so uh, one last thing to talk about here is where you go next. Um, and there's a couple of different branches to follow with this, this line of questioning. Not only what um, happens with Forward Thinking City, uh, but how you're thinking about, you have a unique skill set, you personally, unique skill set of assembling and identifying individuals, both to join the city, to come on your podcast, to engage with on Twitter, and build camaraderie. And that played well into being in growth at Prenda. It plays well into building serendipity um, on the internet. Um, So how do those two things come together? You, in terms of like your success of recreating excitement and identifying individuals and the clear future for thinking city as a place of identifying individuals, what happens next? Is it that you just double down and continuing to find why residents are joining? Is it that you're raising a rolling fund? Is it that you, um, want to more formally break into VC and that's a means by which you monetize the city, which would be mutually beneficial for the residents too, if they're getting capital to support their ventures. Curious to hear what's next for you. What's next for the city? How does it take advantage of that unique skill set you have? Well, I'm going to be like slightly egotistical for a second. Cause it is like, it is, it is a thing. I'm like pretty, there's I, whatever direction I go in, um, whether it's full-blown founder venture scale, whether it's being a VC, whether it's doing a rolling fund, I'm probably going to find success with all of them. Cause like, I've like, you know, I'm not assuming I'm going to build a billion dollar con. I'm not saying that, but like if I decide to be a founder and not be a, a VC, I think I'm going to figure it out. Um, but it also, if I decide to be like, no, I want to go this path, I think I'd be a great VC too. So it's, it, it, it's, a, it's truly a question that drives me mad. Um, cause I think I would be great at both. Um, and they both have their pros and cons. And uh, um, the, the thing is, I could be a VC and be a founder as long as I don't raise capital. So it's more like, you know, like a business. So, you know, I could do that. But it, I feel like this is one of these things. And I'm finding this recently that if I am going to succeed with this, like it's, it's going to take some force. Like, like, like this, the network effect that is required to accomplish what I want to accomplish is not going to come from a single person work really working really hard. It is like, it is hard to do what I'm trying to do. It's like a pretty, like so many people have tried to build Silicon Valley outside of Silicon Valley and the cloud, different cities. And I, I, I honestly truly believe I'm, I'm probably the most qualified person in the world to build this. And if that's the case, I feel like it's a slight crime to not go all in and give it my best shot. So at this second, this could change in an hour. That's the, that's what's funny about it. But like at right now, even just talking to you, what I'll probably do is go down the VC, uh, sorry, go down the, the venture backed route, meaning 
um, keep doing this, validating, um, you know, figuring it out, and then either doing an accelerator if one wants to accept me, and if not, um, raising, you know, a, a, some venture capital, and actually like giving this a really, really good shot, because I think the middle ground, it doesn't find any success. It's like, I either like can't build a city or I need to go all in on the city. You can't just like half-ass a city. So I think right now I'm, I, I'm leaning towards that. With that said, you know, for everyone listening, do not be surprised if in a month or a month and a half, you hear that I announce a rolling fund. I'm not working on it now. Like I'm not, this is not something I'm actively doing, but I, I'm back, my, my decisions bounce back and forth, you know, pretty much every day as I kind of think through this. Um, and then one more thing I'll mention is what I, I'm kind of like pushing back a decision on this until I hear back. So I applied for Y Combinator, by the way, for people listening for the, um, I think this is the ninth time. So if you're listening and you're like, Oh, like I got rejected from YC once, like I'm not going to make it. This is my ninth application to Y Combinator. You know, it's okay, like, it's okay to get rejected five times, four times. And for me, it's been eight times. So I applied and if I get accepted, you know, I'll probably do it. Um, if I don't, then I'll probably evaluate my paths. Um, but it's like, I just think that if I'm in a position where I could raise some capital and, and, and truly get a shot at building Silicon Valley in the cloud, my version of it, how can you not take that, right? How can you not try that? Because if you succeed, I mean, you build a world-defining company that changes everything for, for, for everyone, including people in San Francisco. And that's something I think worth swinging the bat at. Why is YC dependent? Why is your involvement with YC dependent upon realizing that mission? Well, this is my, it's a good question. I, I have a deeply internal emotional relationship with Y Combinator. When I first got into startups in 2015, the first piece of content I ever consumed ever was how to start a startup, 2014's um, Sam Altman's, you know, Stanford class, how to start a startup. This was like literally before everything. And I consumed this and it shaped me. It molded me from the day one, or I guess week two after I got in, of how startups should go. And this took me on a path um, that with a lot of pain in Phoenix, you know, I, I, I kind of like wrecked Phoenix pretty much because like, it wasn't what I wanted it to be. And I like, I'm a very like, I can be a force of nature when I like want to be. And I, and I probably ruined some relationships there that I wish I didn't, but like, it is what it is. Um, I'm like, kind of like that kind of founder, like, like a go, go big, go home kind of founder. And a Phoenix wasn't like great for me. Um, but like I applied for YSC because they taught me everything I knew about startups. I got rejected once, twice, three times four times and my like what what happened in my brain after these rejections is it made me want it more it's like it's just like please like like you taught me startups like let me like let me in it was only in the last two years that i realized like i actually don't need them like i actually like i've like built this network that like i actually like, don't need y combinator and i want to be just fine without them um and i almost didn't actually apply this batch i actually tweeted like a month ago i'm not applying for yc i don't need them um but I'm this type of person, and this is a bad quality of mine, I will admit, but I, like, I change my mind a lot based on new data. I, like, I change my mind a lot. And I, got, I was talking to someone about this, and they're like, you know, YC could probably help you a lot. Like, with what you're building, like, YC could probably, like, 
really help you. Uh, not that you can't do it alone, but you're going to need all the help you can get. So I applied. And the, to answer your, it's kind of a long answer, but it is, it does matter. Like this is a pretty core part of my startup identity. Y Combinator has been with me from day one and the eight rejections have like stuck, like, you know, they're, I carry them with me for better or for worse. Like, I'm not saying that's like how you should be right, but it's how I am. Um, and also it's like, nah, nah, never mind. So on, whenever I hear back, it's like a month from now or whatever, if I get accepted or interview accepted, great, I'll do it. And if not, it's less of a disappointment and more of a great, that's not happening. Let's pick a path. Meaning let's raise some capital. And there's a VC, like I could raise capital. Like there's a VC, like the person, I could raise capital if I wanted to. Um, so great, no YC, either raise capital, either, you know, or raise a VC fund. That's pretty much it. So it's more like I hear back from YC, I get in, great, do YC, do it. They don't get in, great, raise capital, boom, do it. Or I raise a VC fund, do it. So I think that's just like that date when I heard back is just like the time where I figure out, like I just make a decision if that makes sense. Yeah, it is a useful forcing function. I mean, I can tell you someone that's applied, been rejected and applied and I've done it. The funny thing is the realization that I think you've come to in the last couple of years is pretty accurate, which is the less the business needs it, the more likely it is to be a good candidate for it, right? It's just sort of that paradoxical nature of, and I mean, the way you think about it, that makes sense. If you build a business to get into YC, that's like building a business to get an investor dollar. The truth is the customers are what matter. And the fact that you have 110 happy residents will matter way, way more than having an orange Y on your website. And so I think, um, I think it's great that you've like kind of come to terms with the fact that you're, you're building this one way or another, whether you raise capital from the YC network independently or maybe your own fund to provide capital to your residents. Uh, and it's a uh, forcing function, as you said, for thinking about the measured action of what's happened next. I do have to say that I want to add one thing. I think either like what I'm about to say, this applies if I decide to go down the venture scale route, meaning like I raise capital for forward thinking city it is going to like, there are so many people that they don't want me to lose, but they like, I'm kind of like annoying to, I'm this guy from Phoenix that broke in. I'm just kind of like, a, like I'm kind of an, like on Twitter. Like I, I'm always like, so people say like, I'm always like trendy or whatever. Like I'm always like there just pushing and pushing like, how I think things should be pushing the vision, pushing the mission. And there's, um, I think a lot of people that just like, wish I like, you know, went away. I'm in some ways. And because I'm still pretty much an outsider to a lot of these people and what, what I'd be what and like a lot of VCs that I've talked to that have like, you know, said some pretty, pretty upsetting things to me, um, you know, for, and like, you know, their worldview and whatnot. So one thing that like I'm interested in is that let's say we get, I, you know, we get into YSC. It just, I sh as I'm talking out loud, this is like not necessary, but I, I, do, I am going to say it. I do think that something that YC does for founders like me and maybe like you, um, maybe, but like hundreds of founders, um, thousands of founders is like, it kind of like gives me, um, I, the word that I, I'm going to say is validation, except that's not the word that I mean. I can't think of the word, but it's kind of like Matt, like, you were good enough to kind of do it, right? And I think one of the things that's very intrinsic to me is like, I want to build something that you don't need a stamp of approval to get in. I want like, like that's why I'm doing, it's not exclusive. You could sign up today and do it. Like I want like, why, like, like I have, a, as I mentioned, you can tell I was like, can't stop talking about it. 
I think a very deep relationship with YC and how it has intertwined with my startup journey. And I wish I didn't have that. I wish like, I, you know, there was just a community I could pay a little bit of money to. And I just like get not all the benefits, but like what I needed. So I kind of want to do it to the next million founders. What, um, to the opposite of what YC did to me, like me, like almost like very, very deeply like wanting their validation. Even of course I don't need it. I'm going to be successful either way. I want to then go to the next 50 or, uh, you know, 2015, um, version of Matt be like, yo, like the city's open for you. I'm down to chat and introduce you to blank, blank and blank and blank. You can go to this event, this event, and this event, you have access to this, this, this. And like, I don't give a shit what you've done or where you went to school, what you look like you can join. That's also a thing. Like, like, like in some ways I, I'm building city in spite of the product that YC has built, um, which is kind of like, this is like very deep. Um, but it is, this is like the silicon. this is the whole theme of Silicon Valley, right? Like it's not inclusive. I'm like, that's shitty. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, uh, for sure the validation of, of YC for what it's worth, um, should not overwhelm the validation of, of your customers, of what you're growing, of the residents. I mean, a friend of mine, Victor Pontus put out a post this summer about how they got into YC and decided not to do it. And they're building zoom URL now Luna. Um, when Brad and I were accepted, we contemplated it for a bit. We always ended up doing it. The, I don't know. I think the more that you let that control the decisioning, the uh, uh, less likely it is that it's the right decision, as funny as that sounds. So, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think it's funny. It's like the, what you're building is the antithesis <laughs> of someone that gave you permission. And it makes it that much more personal that what you're building needs to succeed. And that's a really compelling story. Yeah, it's a lot, last thing I'll say about this is that that's exactly, that, I mean, I'll just echo what you just said. That is exactly right. Like the system that doesn't let people, that like doesn't let, you know, people in, I, I'm, I'm building like the opposite of it. Um, you know, welcoming everybody in a world where like exclusive apps are in. Oh, get on our test flight. Do you know someone? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Like get on the wait list. Like that's like a bunch of shit. And I'm build, I truly am building like the opposite of that, uh, which is why like, you know, I'm not like, I'm always saying I'm trying to like, obviously San Francisco will always be strong and, 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 and impactful, but I just want to build another place that people can go and not have to deal with the ethos that is, that is San Francisco, which can sometimes be exhausting. I think no matter what happens with forward thinking city, the fact that you've inspired a next generation of people to build and to be excited and grow no matter how big or how small it ends up being already being at 110 is meaningful and any one of those could go on and be <laughs> bigger than the city itself right and that's what's inspiring about inspiring builders i see similar things with building developer tools uh it's a ton of fun to inspire others and see how they use our product for things we couldn't anticipate and so i very much get the empowerment element of the product this has been great. Um, I don't know if there's anything else or like what parting words that you have of like <laughs> Matt Sherman's <laughs> advice for getting started building and, and shipping. I mean, I think one thing that every resident should learn from you is a, a strong sense of diligence uh, and determination and, and willpower. And it's really clear that that comes through in the way you speak about what you're building uh, and it's always fun to chat with you as a result. Um, 
so yeah, if you have any parting words, otherwise I suppose I'll turn it over to you to, to wrap up. I do have one thing that I have been pondering. So when you're young in tech or even old in tech, when you're new to tech, let me actually say when you're new to tech, you look at um, people like, you know, like Reed Hoffman, Sam Altman, hell you look at people like me or Joseph and you're like, Oh my gosh, like they are so far ahead. They're so, they must be so smart. I like won't be able to, I can't like build that or I can't be like them, you know, that or this or this. And what I've learned as I've morphed from this like 2015 year old yap, which stands for young ambitious person to 2020 version of like whoever you can make your own, you know, interpretation of who I am, but I'm sure different from how I was is that like, like Joseph and I are not like smarter than you or, or anyone, all that, all, all that we have is like our assets that we've like, that have accrued over time and not just financial. This could be knowledge. It could be network. It can be, you know, a startup, um, just like assets times by luck surface area, pretty much how you get, how many chances you get, you give yourself to be lucky. And what I've found is that like, like that's pretty much all startups are like Reed Hoffman is probably not smarter than you. Reed Hoffman just has a lot of reps. He has a ton of assets and he has a large network, which means he he's able to do more than you, but like anyone can get to that level. Um, as long as you realize that it's a long game and it's about assets and it's about luck surface area. Um, and this is one of those things for me, like I, I see on like some people I really look up to like, I actually think a lot of their opinions, I think they're wrong on things. I think I, even I'm smart, but like, it's not about smarts. All it is is about assets times luck surface area. So if you're trying to break into tech, it seems kind of intimidating. Start building an asset, AKA do a podcast, do a newsletter, start re learning a skill, build a project. Cause at, this will compound and this does way more for you to break into tech versus being smart. Um, versus being just well, like being well, well read is good, but it doesn't like you, you need assets, right? So that's what I would say. If you want to break into tech, forget being smarter, um, build shit and let that shit compound because there isn't really another great way to do it. And once you build that stuff, give yourself a chance to get lucky. That, that's kind of how that's what I'll leave everyone with. That's great. Message of empowerment, practical, lean into your strengths, increase your luck surface area. Awesome, Matt. Thanks so much for the conversation. I appreciate having the opportunity to speak with you about how you got to where you are, what it is you're building, learning more about the product, where it goes next, and your skills for the vision for the future. I wish you luck in this like kind of juncture that you have coming up with like based on what you end up doing with YC, shaping the capital you'll raise or the fund that you might close. Uh, and honestly, I can't wait to follow along the journey on Twitter. Yeah, well, I really appreciate you you doing this. I I definitely think there couldn't have been a better time to do this episode as, you know, I'm fresh on a new thing, but also the future is not clear. Um, so thank you so much for asking me your great questions um, and, and, and kind of interviewing me. Um, for everyone listening, if you're like Joseph talked just a little bit about him, but obviously this was mostly on me. If you do want to learn more about Joseph, um, we actually did interview him uh, like maybe in between a hundred, hundred and 150 episode number. So just go on our RSS feed, search for RoboFlow or Joseph Nelson, and you can uh, learn more about him. Cause you know, this is like probably, probably like one of the smartest people that I've like, you know, became friends with in the last, you know, 
you know, several, several years. But as I said, smarts doesn't like you're smart, which is great, but like smarts don't matter. It's the assets that you build. And luckily you have a dope asset with a robo flow. So um, thank you again for doing this, Joseph. And um, we'll tune in with everyone else listening uh, next time. See you everyone.